0: This is the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Welcome to the Diamond Hogs Podcast, your favorite Razorback baseball podcast. I'm your host, Mason Choate, joined by the boys, Robert Stewart, Christian Cheatham, and Arkansas lost four straight. It's unfortunate, uh, swept by Georgia, and then you lose 8-4 to four on Tuesday evening in wonderful Springfield, Missouri which was a a great experience for the uh the Hogbeat boys Robert and Mason and uh we had a good time there in Springfield unfortunately Arkansas lost that wasn't you know a good part of it but you know we went to Lambert's had some rolls thrown at us we got to sit in a suite and uh yeah good for us right
1: would would do again
0: yeah uh Christian was jealous
1: right
2: yeah so jealous guys who knew the Missouri Valley Conference had such pristine perks for you guys
1: uh they they didn't have a fourth umpire though
0: yeah that was dumb um uh, yeah no it was it was a bad a bad experience if you're an arkansas baseball fan watching that game uh you know a lot of things to talk about we have to get to a lot of stuff arkansas is playing texas a&m this weekend plenty of injury updates to talk about um some good some bad and uh you know let's just start with this though so D1 baseball put out its field of 64 projection uh for this week. And Arkansas is the number five national seed for those who think that Arkansas might not even host a regional. Right now they're the number five national seed hosting a regional in Fayetteville. Um let me pull this up because I, I need to I need to look at it again. I know they're matched up with the, the Bloomfield Bloomington. Bloomington. Uh sorry. Bloomington Regional. Okay, yeah. So Fayetteville. Uh, Arkansas, of course, the one seed there. Then you would have Texas coming to town, which is interesting, as the two seed. Iowa, three, and then SEMO is four. And then you're matched up with the Bloomington Regional, which I mentioned. So, Indiana is the 12 national seed. An Indiana team that we watched last year in Round Rock, Robert.
1: Well, we 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 listened to... Indiana on the radio. Well, I guess the Arkansas-Indiana game. We did get to see the Hoosiers actually play a game. That's what I'm happening.
0: saying. I'm not saying we got to watch them play Arkansas. Uh, the real ones know what happened that night. That was – the real listeners know. Christian, you weren't part of the podcast yet. Do you remember that? Um, vaguely. I don't think so. That's tough, man. Yeah. That is tough. You are such a fake fan. We
1: we learned the lesson not to podcast and drive through Oklahoma.
0: Don't podcast and drive through Oklahoma. Never fly Allegiant, and uh, really just don't ever go to Round Rock, Texas, for anything. Anything baseball related in the month of February. That's I think that's what we learned. Yes. (laughs) Um, Anyways, so the the big thing though, the Bloomington Regional features Tennessee as the two seed and Notre Dame as the three seed. So that's fun. Imagine a Tennessee Arkansas super regional. How fun would that be? That would be that would make up for the lack of hype around the Arkansas Tennessee series a couple weeks ago, which was very disappointing. I'm still upset about it, honestly.
1: Sure. And and you said Notre Dame's a three seed in that regional, so you could get a a super rematch from last year, right?
0: Yeah. No, I'd be cool. I would I would be cool with Tennessee beating Notre Dame so they could then come to Fayetteville for the Supers. But Arkansas would have to get past Texas and Iowa were two good teams. Iowa beat LSU earlier this year, right? In Round
1: Rock. In Round Rock. Full yeah. circle. Imagine that.
0: I did not expect to talk about Round Rock this much on this <laughs> podcast, but here we are. Uh, anyways, that's for the people who say that Arkansas shouldn't be in a regional. Now, I I understand. Look, don't, don't listen to this podcast and be like, oh, the, the projections don't mean anything right now. There's a lot of baseball left to be played. Of course I understand that. I also understand that Arkansas has a lot of injuries and that a lot of things can happen between now and then – we were talking about on the, on the car ride back, Robert, last year, like, before Arkansas went into the final regular season series of the, or the final season, the, the final series of the regular season against Alabama, we were 100% expecting them to host a regional at the very least.
1: Yeah, I mean, then, things things can change in, in a hurry. It's it's crazy. And, you know, before we, we get too far away from this, I want to I offer an RPI note, um, because, like people are shocked or whatever, that Arkansas is number five. Uh, they're still number five in the RPI, right? Texas A&M, who also lost a midweek game uh, Tuesday night, they fell from 30 to 41 in the RPI. Sam Houston jumped up 10 spots from 129 to 119. Uh, Missouri State was already a top 100 team. They jumped up a little bit, um, but... You know, Texas A&M can suffer a midweek loss and drop 11 spots in the RPI. Arkansas can stay put. So, you know, the Razorbacks are in a good spot right now. If You know, it feels like they really need to go, like, 500 in league play and be fine.
0: Yeah. And also, Missouri State is a respectable midweek loss. They're a good team. We know that Missouri State's always a good program. Of course, you want to beat them. uh, But, you know, midweek is midweek. If you just look at it from a – from a perspective of like the players that weren't playing for Arkansas, it was tough. I mean, like, we all know that the hand that Arkansas has been dealt, and this can uh get us into the whole injury update situation, which is just mind boggling. Um Christian? One one more note on Missouri State. So as most
2: of us remember, they were in the Stillwater regional last year as well. And yeah. they their final game was against Oklahoma State. They were up twelve to zero in the third inning against Oklahoma state end up losing like 29 to 15. So they still got blown out, but they put up runs against a good program eventually who Arkansas knocked out. But yeah, it's a respectable program. They're, they're always good. They're always competitive.
0: Was it really 29 to 15?
2: Yes.
1: Yeah. Oh, I was just looking at it today. And, and Oklahoma state was one of those teams that like, you know, if they didn't draw Arkansas in the regional, that's an easy super team, maybe an Omaha team
0: right that was wild looking back at that regional the the connections to Arkansas with all of those teams I mean like we know that that you can talk about how crazy the regional was but so of course you have Arkansas now you have Grand Canyon where Zach Gregory plays mm-hmm. you have Missouri State who is always having a weird series with Arkansas plus they had the Arkansas commit Ziegenbein I think that's how you say it he just like tore him up last night on Tuesday nine night. Up, nine, down. nine up nine down that was crazy uh and then what's the last team? Oklahoma State. They got the guy from Springdale. What's his name? Marcus. Marcus. Mark, yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, a lot of Arkansas connections in that regional. Man. And there were a hundred runs scored
1: in the course of three games.
0: That that's one of those like, you wish you knew you were in the good old days when it was the good old days or whatever. Those were except, good for
1: the, days. except for the fact that it was in Oklahoma. However, that was that was uh, an an incredible weekend of baseball for sure.
0: Yes, it was.
2: Yeah, I wasn't there. But watching it on TV as like the fanboy of the podcast, I was so stressed that whole that whole series, like so many runs are being scored. And whenever Arkansas would take a lead, I, I knew it wasn't over. And many times, you know, Oklahoma State would come back or other teams even that they were playing would come back and make it interesting.
0: So, yeah, that was one of the craziest series. I'll, I'll never forget that for sure. And shout out to Eskimo Joe's. Those cheese fries, bro. Oh, my goodness. Those are incredible. I wouldn't be opposed to going only, back to Stillwater for a regional just to have those cheese fries.
1: That was about the only other thing to do besides going to the ballpark in, in Stillwater was go to Eskimos. I I think we went at least three times.
0: There were some there's, – there's one specific person in the media, and I'm not going to mention their name, who thinks that Stillwater is like a, a comparable town to Fayetteville. Not at all. Not even close. Don't get me started on college town rankings. I've made a lot of people mad with my college town rankings – Multiple fan bases. I don't need to make Oklahoma State mad, so I'm not going to get started on it. Uh, let's let's talk about these injuries though, because um, they've mounted up, and our guy Tavian Josenberger out indefinitely. And I I said I said before the game, Robert, to to you, Andrew Hutchinson, and Andrew Ellis, um, other media members, I said if if we find out one of two things of Tavian Josenberger, I'm going to be extremely upset and one of the two things happened. The other one was he's out for the year, and this one is he's out indefinitely. I don't like that. Um, now, I I think that Josenberger's situation is you know good for him because it seems like it's a grade one. Uh, What are we going to call it? Strain with a T, not a P. A, gr- a grade one strain in his hamstring, which is like the best news that they could have gotten, according to Dave Van Horn. Doesn't know how long he's going to be out, though. You know, hamstrings can be a lingering injury. It's gonna be tough. He said Josenberger was in a lot of pain when it happened,
1: but he's doing better now. So that's good. But- we did we, we did hear him say a couple of weeks, you know, hopefully. Um now, you know, this is this is gonna depend entirely on Tavian Josenberger being brutally honest about how he feels, you know, they he can't he can't try to rush it before he's hundred percent recovered. Um, but you know, I I feel like that's the minimum that we're looking at is two weeks.
0: Yeah, uh, I think with these timelines, it's so hard, especially for Dave Van Horn. Like you can't you can't really not I'm not saying that I don't trust Dave Van Horn. I'm just saying it's hard to take a guy at his word when he's saying like it's going to be X amount of weeks. You know,
1: we need we need a medical professional to talk to to confirm something like this. You know, the, Dave flat out told us Tuesday night he's not a doctor. We we don't expect him to, to speak like a doctor. But, you know, that's that's the best we can do at this stage in the game.
0: Maybe we should trade Christian out for a doctor. I think that's what we need to do. Or Christian, Christian's about to graduate. Then he can just like go to graduate school and get a medical degree or something.
1: There you go. No, I don't. I don't think I'm gonna do that. Or uh, as as the guy who you know is employed by the Razorbacks, perhaps he could uh, you know get us get us that connection to some of their their trainers. You know,
0: that's a great point. Christian has really been lacking in getting scoops for us.
2: I'm not. I'm not technically employed. I'm just a student intern. But, and I'm not supposed to use my connections there to help you guys necessarily.
0: Hmm. They're on to us. <laughs> I I I think that that's quite unfortunate that we have you here and you can't give us any information, Christian. You, know I what as, you say?
2: I am also not a doctor or a medical student or anything, so I I have nothing to add. Okay. Cop shop, buddy. That's fair <laughs>
0: enough. Um. Okay, so that was Josenberger. Brady Tiger is going to be on the 27 man this weekend, probably going to see him throw. We're ex- we're thinking he's probably going to start right.
1: One of the games. I mean, the, the, the way that Dave Van Horn answered the question about potentially starting Brady Tiger after the Missouri state game, uh, it, it sounds like, you know, might be easy, a little, a little bit easier to manage the workload if he's a starting pitcher. Um, you know, <laughs> they've been rolling with this TBA, TBA thing for a while now. Uh, he didn't sound all that confident in Will McIntyre um, being one of those guys to fill one of the TBA slots. Um, you know, if Hagan Smith follows Hunter Holland on Friday, then he's probably not going to fill one of the TBA slots. So, you know, at that point you run out of options and, you know, again, if, if you can manage a workload better, easier, then do that. Start Tiger. He doesn't have to throw six innings. He could throw two, maybe three. And you know you feel good about that it, you don't you don't need to throw him into a high leverage situation right away. Just throw him out there let him uh let him do his thing, and hopefully he's uh he's fully healthy recovered, and ready to go yeah, I was looking for Dave's
0: quote. he said, yeah, uh McIntyre was warming up, and was it the eighth inning last night I think it was he was yeah he was warming up in the bullpen uh and we asked Dave about that. He said they don't know if he's gonna start this weekend or not. He's fighting it a little bit. Um and we we've talked about on the podcast how it seems like Will McIntyre is not located at all this year. Uh I don't think like I don't think that's a bad idea to bring McIntyre out of the bullpen. I, I feel like last year that's kind of really where he he did well. And then eventually when they needed him to start like later on in the in the season in the in the postseason, it worked out but maybe throw him back in the bullpen. Say, hey, we're going to bring you in as a longer relief guy like you did last year, and that's really what his bread and butter was until he just kind of went to a different level in the postseason. Um, So, like, and they they need a guy like that. They need a longer relief guy because Dylan Carter's been throwing so many innings. We saw him with ice on his arm before the game yesterday, and we were like, oh, no, this isn't good. Turns out it was actually a good thing that he was there. They were monitoring his arm. He's going to throw this weekend. That's according to David Horn. Um, but you can't keep putting all those inning on innings on that guy. So, put McIntyre in there,
1: right? And you know, with McIntyre starting, what's what's the saying? The definition of insanity is trying the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. It, you know, if 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 he's not going to get it done, then give give him something else to try. Like like we said, um, he's he's been effective out of the bullpen before. Um, you know, he's he's a veteran presence in the in the clubhouse on the mound. He he can still help you in some capacity. And, you know, if he's not max max effectiveness uh as a starter, try him as a reliever, see what happens. If it doesn't work, stick him back in the starting role and maybe uh maybe a, a switch will flip or something. I don't know. Um moving on, Parker Rowland. We we saw
0: him uh he got behind the plate last night. Play last night, yeah. He he got behind the plate, he uh had it at bat. So that was good to see because he had the he had the back issue that was bothering him. Van Horn said he felt like they could have Roland could have started, but they didn't want him to catch the whole game. He should be go, good to go Thursday. Um two or three innings was what they had planned for Roland on Tuesday night. So that worked out. That's good that you got Parker Roland back. You know, you want that defensive catcher back there. I I mean no no offense to Hudson Polk, who's been swinging the bat a little bit better. Parker Roland's a better defensive catcher. And I feel like there's not really a big difference between either of them at the plate where it's like you take rolling cuz he's the better defender right
1: yeah i mean that's the it's the it's the same conversation we've had about John Bolton and Harold Cole um he's he's been clear and and you know he sort of mentioned it last night uh, or tuesday night in in springfield as well you can you can afford to to suffer a little bit in the 8 and 9 positions in the order if it means that you're getting a defensive upgrade um and you know like we said not much of a difference between Polk and Roland uh, swinging the bat, but uh, certainly b- behind the, behind the dish, uh, Roland has has proven himself as, as the, the better option. And I always like to have a switch hitting bat in the lineup as well. Yes, 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 yes.
0: Okay. So what other uh, Jared Wagner, I mean, he's not going to be back yet. Knock that out. Um, at least two
1: more weeks gone.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So are, Go ahead. Are a lot of these injuries lining up for
2: like South Carolina, Vanderbilt timeline, end of the season stuff? Wagner
1: for we, sure. yeah, we're, the, yeah. The hope is that, is that Wagner will be back the next home series, which is two weeks from this week against South Carolina. Right. The, the assertion is that he will definitely be back by Vanderbilt, which is the last regular season series of the year.
0: What well, seems like a good sign for Wagner is he's no longer – got like the full cast. He's now just in like a little splint on his thumb. So that I feel like that's a good sign. Maybe also not a doctor. So I don't know. I just, I feel like a little bit less of stuff on you might be better. Right. I don't know. One one would think. Yeah. So uh, hopefully that recovery process is going well for him, but I mean, to not have that guy, you know, arguably your best hitter on top of the fact that you don't have your leadoff hitter and your starting center fielder, now you're down two outfielders, two of your best hitters, and we saw Brady Slavens play left field on Tuesday night, which was, um, I mean, it was interesting. I, I wouldn't say that I was going into the game expecting that, um, but Brady was like, they came to me and told me I'm playing left field. And I didn't really have a choice, and he played left field. So,
1: it's it's honestly something that I I can't believe we didn't hypothesized on the last episode when when we were talking about who who fills that outfield slot we've we've seen Brady play right field before in in Fayetteville um you, you know it it gives you the opportunity to stick somebody with you know that you've seen play out there out there uh and you know McLaughlin plays a pretty good first place he's already in the lineup for the foreseeable future so uh just just stick McLaughlin at first. And again, you have an open DH spot. You get to pick your choice of bat, be it Jason Jones, as we saw uh, against Missouri state, be it Peyton Holt. Um, that was, that was an interesting development the other night, you know, on the pregame show, we heard uh, Van Horn say that if somebody wasn't playing, it's because he had something going on. Peyton Sobel apparently doesn't have anything going on. He's, uh, he's going to be playing this weekend against AM. So, you know, Holt Becomes a candidate for the DH. I, I would assume that Robinette is in the mix there as well. We've seen him have success, so yeah. I mean, go go with Brady Slavens in the outfield. There was there was the one play that he didn't catch the ball that he probably could have caught, and it maybe cost Zach Morris a huge inning. But um, I have to believe that he's going to get reacclimated out there. I mean, he he was as you as you might recall, he was listed on the preseason roster as an outfielder, albeit mistakenly, but. Uh, you know, he's he's played out there before, and you you don't really want to see a bat like Hunter Grimes or Mason Neville in the order with the state of the health of the team right now, yeah. And but thankfully,
2: uh, thankfully, Borfin looks pretty good in center, so at least he can hold it down for now until uh Joseph Behr gets back, and then they can fill in the corners however they need to with Slavens and Diggs or or whoever. Um and then one last thing too with, about Morris. I mean, what else is there to say? I I don't it's his, I feel he, bad. I feel bad. It's just
1: Go ahead. W- will he see the Arkansas mound again? I mean, his his ERA is in double digits right now. I I go, I, 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 came this,
0: I came into this episode prepared to have this conversation. Kind of like last episode where we had to have a real conversation about John Bolton. We need to have a real conversation about Zach Morris right now. I think he's done. I mean, he might he might throw maybe against Lipscomb, or a, a game that they maybe they're getting run ruled or they're run rolling the opponent, something like that. But Zach Morris, his career at Arkansas might be done, um, and it's so unfortunate for him because, you know, we heard about he had uh, some some interest from pro teams after you know his his season last year where he looked really good. I mean, Arkansas turned to him. They trusted him in the postseason. We heard from Dave Van Horn that, you know, we put him in there because we trust him in high leverage situations, even in the College World Series. We know how he did against Ole Miss uh, in that ninth inning, I believe it was, or was it the eighth, ninth? Both, I think. Yeah. So, I mean, he was that guy last year. And, I mean, the guy's just throwing BP. It's uh, he, he, he can't, uh, teams just are just raking off of him all year long. Um, You hate it for Zach Morris. You don't want to have this conversation. It's like when your kid gets in trouble and you love your kid, but you don't want to get onto them. It's like, I'm sorry, buddy, but, like, you're grounded, you know? It's it's unfortunate for Zach Morris, man. You hate – I don't want to have this conversation because Zach Morris is a likable guy. He seems like a good guy, aside from the fact that he's from Cabot, Arkansas, a horrible town, a horrible high school, terrible people from Cabot, Arkansas. But Zach Morris seems like a good guy, and uh, you hate it for him, man.
1: Yeah, it's it's unfortunate. And and again, you know, I, it's tough to say whether Brady Slavin's catching that ball and left would have had any outcome on it. I mean, it theoretically would have been the second out and there was a strikeout right after that. But uh, I don't know, you gave up like four straight hits with two outs and five, five of the seven guys he faced got hits. It, it's just I don't know. It uh, I didn't want to sound the alarm. Over over the off season when he was getting, you know, hit around on a very consistent basis, but it uh, lo and behold, it's it's translated to the regular season, and you know, it's it's not like we can sit around and say the sample size is too small at this point because it's not. No.
0: All right, that's the Zach Morris conversation. I, I do want to talk about before we get to A and M prep. Uh, I want to talk about this is from Pork Ryan twelve on the Hog Beat. Uh, premium message board, The Trough, uh, talking about will Arkansas host a regional? What does Arkansas have to do moving forward to get a top eight or a top 16 national seed? So this is this is the needs report from him as far as wins go. Um, there's 13 more games left, six home games, seven road games. Seven road games? One neutral site. Are there seven road games? Well,
1: he, he must be counting Little Rock as a road game.
0: No, because he's also got a neutral side in there. Which which would be Little Rock. So I think I think he meant to put six home, six road, one neutral. Yes. Okay. Uh anyways, it looks like, and this is I don't know what he's using for this, but it seems to the math seems to work out. Uh if they want a top sixteen seed, they need five more wins. Um which is not we, even
1: five hundred in league play.
0: No. Uh, if they want a top eight seed, they need seven more wins. So count count a win over Lipscomb in that, and then that's
1: six conference wins. So, so five, to... 500 down the stretch over the last four weeks of conference play.
0: Yeah, so you would be at 17 and 13? Yes. I think 17 conference wins gets them a top eight seed.
1: I, I can see that. I can see that. I mean, I I think – I think if five hundred is the floor in league play going forward, they should be. They should still be in the top eight of the RPI, and you figure if they're in the top eight of the RPI, that should be good enough for a top eight national seat. I'm, yeah. I'm no expert. I don't sit on the committee, so I can't say this with full certainty. But that's kind of how I how I view it right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at the series. We're going to talk about A and M, and then you got a road trip to Mississippi State, which. Um, should be interesting to say the least, you know, a a Mississippi State team that's having another down year, but, you know, it's always hard to win at the dude. And then you got a red-hot South Carolina team coming to Fayetteville uh, May 12th through the 14th, and then you finish off the regular season at Vandy in Nashville. That's a tough back-to-back
1: right there. I mean, both top five teams as of right now. Uh, South Carolina's one in the RPI. Let me me see. I've got it up. Vanderbilt is – Vanderbilt is to number eight um so I those those are two two of the toughest series easily on on the whole schedule to to finish it off I think I think if you can go three and three in those games find a way to win one of them one of the two series then you're probably in good shape and that also- leaves with splitting with A&M and, and Mississippi State and that's definitely attainable
0: also, you're at the point now where it's like you can't even count the Lipscomb game next Tuesday
1: as a win. I, I'm I'm not even my my mind is not even a little bit on that game.
0: Christian, are you gonna you want to make the trip to to NLR with us on next Tuesday? Christian's a dad. For those who don't know, unfortunately, probably
2: not. Uh, I, I need to get down to one of those games, but with finals and everything coming up next week and the week after, probably not the finals.
1: Yeah, Mason, you were making the analogy about, you know, having a kid and, like, not wanting to get onto him. Christian's the dad of the group. He should have been making that analogy.
0: Yeah. Christian, you get onto your son a lot? Not yet, but it's getting there. Getting there. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, th- I don't know if I'm going to North Little Rock yet. I, I feel like I have to because the game's not going to be on TV, which is just – I mean, we're going to have to talk about this every year, I guess. It's just unbelievable that it's the year 2023, and you can't have a game on television. It's pathetic. It is. Uh, okay, I mean, but... Even if uh, they want
2: to put it on, like, Flow Sports or something, do something, please. Don't put on... I mean, don't put on Flow Sports, but do something.
0: Yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe Hogbeat.com... No, we can't stream it, because you have to have, like, rights to stream it or whatever, and we don't have that.
1: So... They're not going to put it on TV, but they're also not going to let anybody else do it because nobody else has rights.
0: That's the way I view it. I, I'm pretty sure it's because like ESPN has the right to Arkansas baseball games.
1: But it won't broadcast this one. No,
0: because they don't want to travel all their equipment down. or they, they claim that it's because Dickie Stevens is not fit for
1: their needs to broadcast a game, which is absolutely not true. Dickie Stevens, which is not more than fifteen to 20 years old
0: no right and it's like a three and a half hour drive if that
2: I mean have you seen some of these college broadcasts for like the lower levels it's like one camera in center field and then one behind home plate or in the press box like they could
0: at least do that right yeah. i I mean it's just unbelievable but here we are in the year twenty twenty three talking about a game not being on television for the number 7 team in the nation. pathetic. Wow. Like- okay, uh let's get to AM prep. Before we do, let's talk about Chinook Cedary. We need to get some more of the cinnamon toast seeds, but you can get those and all of the other flavors at com. Use code DHP10 at checkout get 10% off your order. Uh when you use code DHP10, they have a lot of great flavors. They they introduced the the what is it? The Lemon pepper. pepper, Yeah, they got the lemon pepper. Now, Uh, of course, the cinnamon toast, Parmesan and pepper is my favorite outside of the cinnamon and toast. Uh, And then, of course, the jalapeno ranch is good. It's a little spicy in your mouth, though. So make sure you got like some water or milk around if you're if you're going to do the jalapeno and ranch. Uh, So but yeah, a lot of great flavors. Chinook Cedar Eco DHP10 for 10% off your order at checkout. And time to listen to Robert read off stats about a team for 20 minutes. Uh, it's not going to be 20 minutes. My least favorite part of the
1: Diamond Hogs podcast. Here we go. Listen, you got a you got a timer that you're watching. It's not going to be 20 minutes. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll offer this. I just listened to Jim Schl- Schlosnagel it's a, it's a tough word to say, man. Um Jim Schlossnagel, he addressed the media ahead of this series uh their pitchers it sounds like that they're in a similar position as Arkansas TBA on on Sunday. The the two two guys we know we are going to throw according to according to Jim over there in College Station, Nathan Detmer you remember his name from last year, uh, he's a righty with an eight point five six ERA in league play this year. Um, so as I mentioned earlier, not the greatest uh, pitching stats uh, that the Aggies have going. And then uh, the other guy is going to be Troy Wansing. He's a left handed pitcher. He also has an eight point ERA in league po- league play. He started three games in in conference this year. First one uh, last week in a while, I think he went six innings, but he also gave up five earned runs. So, um, based on based on the numbers I'm seeing uh, on the on the sample size in in league play, these are hittable pitchers. These are pitchers that Arkansas should be able to score on. Um, it, it's really a matter of are are the replacement bats up to the task of showing up? I think as as far as the pitchers go,
0: this is. Am I muted? No, I'm good. This is a a revenge series for me. yeah a and m screwed me last year and it's it's not it's not that all the all the listeners of this podcast are not gonna like this and 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 the loyal listeners know this, but I had a future on a and m to win the national championship last year. It would have paid out a pretty penny. And I'm not saying that you know I was actively rooting for a and m to win the College World Series. But I wouldn't have been upset if it happened, you know. My my wallet sure as heck would have been happy, and uh, so this is a revenge series for me. I think that Arkansas needs to sweep A and They need to, you know, just tee off, get some guys some confidence. You know, you got to throw in some new faces in the lineup because of the injuries. Get a guy like Peyton Stovall some confidence. Brady Slavens needs confidence. I'm tired of seeing Bat Slam Brady Slavens. Bat Slam Brady's not fun. I don't like him. I want to see. Uh, bat flip brady Slavens. yes uh low-hanging fruit come on <laughs> I, I i mean like i i they always say like brady bop when he when he hits a home run or whatever yeah. so i don't it's weird i don't like that to be honest with you but you know that's, that's hey, a if, conversation
1: if, if he goes deep and the caption is bat flip brady just know where you heard it first
0: also there is a certain person out there that every time Tavi and josenberger does something they tweet out tj it's not tj when I see TJ, I think Tommy John, and I I don't want Tavian to have Tommy John. I don't want to associate those two things.
1: Um, what was I talking about? Oh, A and M future. Yes. You That's see, when be- you said when you said revenge series, I didn't I I didn't realize you were going to take the personal route. But you know, also Arkansas, you know, lost a, a tough two out of three in College Station last year.
0: Yeah, no, it's also a revenge series for Arkansas. I was more worried about myself though selfish shout out to Dylan Leach by the way for being the the savior in the one game that Arkansas won last year right
1: no he 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 lost that one he was almost the savior in that big uh like 10 run rally Mm -hmm. they ended up losing 11 to 10 but he he had pinch hit for Zach Gregory in all three games and he like just snuck a double inside the right field line uh to score a couple I think if if memory serves me correctly um and and that was you know after they went like nine or ten down in the first couple innings because Jackson Wiggins had a bad start. Um, anyway, uh, Dylan Leach pinch hit two run double. He did he did have one of those during that series. Yeah. Uh, Robert, finish up all the the A and M preview stats. So uh, the number or the the names you'll recognize from last year: Jack Moss, Brett Minnick, Trevor Warner. They're all having pretty good seasons in conference play so far. Jack Moss hitting four hundred eight. Leads the team in hits, runs, average OBP. Um, Brett Minick, 1,200 OPS, solid, team high. Also six home runs, team, team high. Trevor Warner coming in with five homers. So uh, this team can swing it a little bit. They've got, um, I mean, on this list alone, at least four different dudes with at least four home runs. Uh, the, the two new guys worth watching, shortstop Hunter Haas and left fielder Jace Laviolette. Um they 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 got good numbers as well. A lot of hits, big big averages, OPS's. Um, right. It's it's a solid solid one through five if if that's the if that's their true one through five.
0: Christian, you got anything to add on AM?
2: No, nothing to add. They need to they need to definitely pull two out of three. Um and get healthy.
0: Yeah, this is a big series because you're at home. You know, you got your guys down, but you're back from the road trip after losing all four games, get some confidence in front of the home crowd, at least at the very least, win the series, like Christian said, like that's if if Arkansas loses this theory, loses this series, then I think we start, you know, having conversations of like, OK, what is what does the rest of this season look like? Because I think right now we're all like, yeah, no, this is just baseball. Like, that's just how it went the past four games. They've got injuries, all that. But it's like if you if you can't figure out how to win games with what you have against an A&M team that, you know, pretty good A&M team, but they're beatable. Then we talk about this team has issues.
1: Yes. And, and you know, four in a row, it's it's sort of whatever at this point. Like you said, the road trip's over. This is a perfect time for this ball club to reset. Um, you know, I I think I think the fans probably need to do at least a good of a job as they did uh, at, at Tennessee they 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 need a they need a crowd behind them this week. They they need a true home field advantage. Uh again, when I was listening to Schlossnagel uh before we started recording here, he was talking about, you know, when he was at TCU and and has played Arkansas regionals at Baumwalker Stadium, the the crowd plays a factor and, you know, that's that's what he he and the Aggies are counting on. So they they need to show up. All right. Um
0: so I want to talk about our future real quick because we talked about how we we're going to put a future in on South Carolina. And we were, I mean, the some of the smartest people in the entire world when we said that. Like, there's no denying the fact that we are very, very smart baseball guys for picking South Carolina. The unfortunate thing is, is that nobody stepped up to the plate and placed the bet. Robert Stewart. And uh, no state, I couldn't place it. I, I don't care you could have placed it before you left the state of Arkansas
1: after we talked about it. Hmm. I, I probably hit the, I probably hit the road for Oxford as soon as we stopped recording, but don't care.
0: Don't care. Anyways, now we're in a bind because South Carolina has the second best odds to win the college world series uh, behind LSU. So it's not really worth putting a future on South Carolina. So we need to put a future in today. Unfortunately, we can't do it on Bet Saracen, who is a proud sponsor of Hogbeat.com because they do not have college baseball futures up. So we're going to have to use a different service. No free ads. Not going to do that. But I will say this. This is what I like the most, guys. Coastal Carolina is at plus 8,000. 80 to 1 odds for the number six team in the country. I've
1: heard worse. I mean, like, and we could but, stick within the state of South Carolina, too.
0: those are really good odds, uh, some other interesting ones, Oregon State forty to one.
1: I feel like um, it'd be blasphemous for us to pick Oregon
0: State, yeah, um, and then Arkansas' still at fifteen to one, so but we can't do that one. Vandy's eighteen to one. that's not bad. Vandy's looking good. I like Vandy. Let's see, say we do just a hundred dollar bet. If we put that bet on Vandy, money, man, goodness gracious. If we put that bet on Vandy, that pays out $1,900. If we put that bet on Coastal Carolina, now I know, Robert, you can do this math in your head, but I can't. That pays out $8,100. Can you imagine? We could, we could like buy an entire podcast studio for that
1: money. That would be awesome. Yeah. I would, I would. I mean, we'd have to, we'd have to paint it like Chanticleer blue.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I'm cool with Coastal Carolina. I have, I haven't watched enough Coastal
1: Carolina baseball though. Uh, I, Christian may may get to this in his uh minute of midweek madness here, but uh, I'm pretty sure they got worked by Wake Forest on Tuesday.
0: Yeah, let's let's go ahead and get into Christian's minute. Christian's minute, uh, presented by, uh, Chinook Cedary, Right, code sure. DHP10 at checkout com. go check it out all right christian
2: sure yeah so I, as you guys have known if you're listening i've been covering a lot of the midweek midweek games midweek madness whatever you want to call it um so my the main game from yesterday well, with us is arkansas but also lsu lsu lost to nichols yesterday six to five and did you guys get a chance to watch any highlights or read anything about it
1: i heard i heard there was a hell of a catch out uh on the track in left center yes yeah so
2: in the fourth inning there's the Nichols Center fielder jumped on the jumped on the wall caught, didn't rob a home run but yeah great catch stole the extra base headway from LSU and uh, Nichols held them scoreless till the sixth inning it was three zero going into the bottom of the six and then uh Nichols they started pitching kind of funny hit a batter LSU scored four so they're up four to three after the six and then going into the eighth they were down still down four to three and Nichols is trying to squeeze bunt. They had a runner on second and third, trying to squeeze bunt to tie the game up. When the pitcher threw the ball to home, uh, catcher dropped the ball, but the runner never touched home plate, and he was walking back to the dugout, and the LSU coaching staff was like, go tag him. He didn't touch home plate. As the the pitcher actually picked up the ball, as the pitcher goes to tag the runner, the other runner comes around and scores to tie it. And so... I'm like the guy was already like in the dugout. Why did you even waste the time to go over there? He should have been automatically out. And then, but you got to make you got to keep track of who else is on the base pass. So, anyways, going so after that, they go into the top of the ninth. Nichols gets a few runners on, and then with two outs, they score on a wild pitch. But the ball goes in the dugout, so the runners come back on the bases. The run doesn't score. So then they ended up walking the next guy to load the bases up to get a force out of every plate, every base. And then Nichols hits a two-run single to right field to go up 6-4 um, to four at the time. So then LSU comes in the bottom of the ninth, solo shot by Jared Jones to come down by one. They eventually load the bases up with one out. They hit a blooper over second base, and the shortstop all-out sprint dives, catches it, and then he doubles up the runner at second to end the ball game. So if you haven't had a chance yet, if you're listening, go watch those highlights. It's a crazy game. And it's probably a lot better to watch it than to hear me explain it. But that's uh, my midweek game of the week. And then also we were talking about – I think Mason put out a tweet uh, last night about how we, Arkansas lost, but also Texas A&M lost, Kentucky lost, LSU lost. It uh, doesn't really matter, but Auburn lost and Ole Miss lost as well in their midweeks. And then Coastal Carolina, the, guy we're, the team we are just talking about as well.
0: They lost to Rake Forest, man.
2: That's another team that we can consider. What's their odds right now?
0: Wake Forest is with South Carolina at 10 to 1 plus a okay. thousand. So, gotcha. not that great.
2: But that is my midweek madness around the SEC.
0: All right, good stuff, Christian. Good stuff. Clap it up for Christian Robert. All right. Um Christian, you also have promotions for the weekend at Bomb Walker.
2: Yes, yeah, so if you're going to be at Bomb Walker, Thursday, we got baseball cards. Uh, Friday, they're giving away a commemorative pin. I'm not completely sure what it is, but I've seen a couple of things around uh, the promotions booth. So I have a feeling of – I have an idea what it is, but I'm not going to say because I'm not sure which one they're giving away on Friday. Are you talking about the pin? What's that?
0: Are you talking about the promotional pin?
2: Yeah, there's going to be a pin that they're giving away just on Friday.
0: They they tweeted it out. um, Oh, did they? Which one was it? It's the Catch the Spirit Razorbacks one.
2: Okay, cool. Because oh yeah, because they gave the Jackie Robinson one away already. That I wasn't sure which one, but they already did that a couple weeks ago or like a week ago. And then on Saturday, if you got any kids uh, that can run on their own, they can run the bases and uh, get on the field. All nice. right. Yeah. So, and if you uh, if you want, come find me at the promotions booth if you want to try to get your kids involved in some games or get some free stuff.
0: Sweet.
1: Robert, tell Kirsten you did a good job. <laughs> Christian, Christian, you did a great job, and yeah, go see Christian at at, at Baum if you show up because he's as I, as I think we've mentioned before, he's the one that uh, he's on the field, he's uh, he's giving the mic to the play ball kid, he's he's around. You can you can see him and and talk to him, and uh,
3: he's
1: he's always he's always inviting. At some point, we're
0: gonna have to get Christian to have the responsibility of picking out the national anthem singer because somebody yeah. whoever whoever currently has that job needs to be fired immediately
1: and we get christian that job there there are some long ones man
2: i i don't see it as much as you guys i think they all do a pretty good job there was there was one that was a little shaky um i'm not gonna say which one specifically
1: but but i think they've all been pretty good for the most part (laughs) you can't you can't take more than a minute and a half to sing the national anthem I do agree with you there. I do agree with you there.
0: Yeah. No, I, I'm I'm going to straight up disagree with you, Christian. I think there's been a lot of bad ones. So
1: preferred is 70 seconds. I'll
0: give you up to 80,
1: but hey, you should
2: on days when we have flyovers, it's hilarious because they're like, they're telling the national anthem singers like, Hey, you got to be on time because as soon as you finish, they're flying over. So like some of the national anthem singers are really good at timing it. And some haven't been, but They've all been very, very good. If you're listening and you sung the national anthem, I think you've all done a great
0: job. Yeah. I, 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 I don't want to personally insult anybody, so I, I won't keep going with it. But I'm just going to say I don't, I don't think a lot of you have done a good job. So, but there's been a select few who have done a good job. I will give you that one, Christian. Uh, all right, so Arkansas A and M this weekend. Brady Tigers back. That's the big news. Other big news: Tavian Josenberger, our guy, not playing. Uh, it's unfortunate, going to miss seeing him out there on the field this weekend. But the good thing is, Thursday, national TV on ESPNU, 7 p.m. first pitch. Friday, 6 p.m. first pitch, SEC Network Plus. You're going to have to stream that one. And then Saturday, back on national TV, 11 a.m. Remember that, 11 a.m. It's like an 11 a.m. kickoff, but an 11 a.m. first pitch, Arkansas AM Saturday,
1: Ballmarker Stadium on the SEC Network. Not only do we have Sunday off. We also have Saturday night off. Yeah. What a weekend. Unbelievable.
0: Incredible. Uh, yeah, so that's what we got for you. We will have our recap on Monday of the series. Hopefully we're not talking about Arkansas getting swept again and they have lost seven straight. That would be awful. Uh, we might have to cancel the podcast. So, you do not even speak that into it. Again. Nobody will be listening to the podcast if Arkansas loses seven straight. Except for Dwayne Stanridge. Shout out Dwayne uh Devin Talley he always listens shout out Devin um I'm trying to think of other people who always listen Parker the guy who's a big fan of Christian uh what's his name Parker something but he he's a big fan of Christian and his his fandom of Dylan Carter
2: yes yes we need some Dylan Carter uh big moments this weekend
0: Dylan Carter feels like he dodged a bullet honestly we were we were a little bit worried about
1: him We we were expecting the worst
0: yeah Um, Okay, let's uh, let's wrap it up here. Here's an interview with Caleb Cowley. You're listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. All right. We now welcome on Caleb Cowley, starting third baseman for the Arkansas Razorbacks. Caleb, you're having a a very, very good April. And I want to ask you about that. You know, the, the way that your season started to where you are now. How's that individual success going for you? And just wh- what do you think about, you know, how your play has been recently?
3: Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm feeling good right now. I've been, you know, uh, I guess the numbers have kind of shown. I, you know, had a good April, like you said. Um, coming from where I started, obviously, in Arlington, it's been, a, you know, kind of like a relief getting back to, like, my normal self, um, I guess I could say. Um, obviously, you know, it feels good to, like, be, like, you know, having some success for the team. Um, and I feel like that's kind of, like, the most important thing. Like, I just really wanted to get back to, like, the level that I could play at so I can, you know, put up runs for my, for my team. We can get some wins.
1: I don't, I don't know how much pressure maybe you felt going into the season, but uh, it it seems like us, the writers who attended all the scrimmages, you know, we, we took notice of your play and we, we wrote about you and, you know, people sort of came at us when we, when, you know, your, your, your season didn't start the way you wanted it to Um they're like, oh, you know, what's this, what's this Cali guy all, all about really. But yeah. You know, you had you had Jace uh, and Jared. They they sort of really took off. Maybe took the st- the spotlight a little bit. Do you feel like you feel like that? You know, took a little weight off off your shoulders and made it easier for you to perform.
3: Um, you know, obviously they have been unreal for us. Uh, you know, with Jace and obviously you know Jared going down kind of sucks. But you know, he before that he was just you know absolutely tearing the cover off the ball. Um, I wouldn't say like they kind of like took the pressure off. It was just more of just kind of me in a mental headspace like just wanting to kind of just forget about that weekend completely and just doing the best that I could with just kind of forgetting about it and just kind of trying to move on you know you can never really just totally forget about it because it happened um but like with baseball you know like you can't let things like that like really hold you down for that long or it'll ruin you that was like my kind of biggest thing um but that was really it but I mean obviously with with them playing the well as well as they did it, it definitely like felt better that like we were still winning without me like doing anything like literally at all. Like that was obviously good to see.
0: So we, we talked with Brady Slavens. uh, the, the date is April 16th. I can't remember what game that was. I'm looking at the quote right here and he was, he was talking about you and saying that everybody was tweeting at you, talking trash about you and everybody owes you an apology on Twitter. Um, I now I know that you're probably not gonna be like everybody else me an apology, but at the same time, you know, you went through that stretch and now you're the everyday guy. Like Dave has told us, you know, you you don't come to the ballpark anymore wondering if your name's gonna be on the lineup card.
3: How's that feeling? It feels I mean, it's it's good. This is what I wanted it to be. That's kind of what I, you know, expect it to be going into the season. Um you know, it's, it, it. he's right with, you know, I'm, I am I know I'm playing coming to the ballpark and, you know, that, that helps, you know, I'm just trying to, you know, going throughout the day, I'm not wondering, I'm just trying to mentally prepare myself to, you know, be locked in during the, during the game. Um, And, you know, yeah, I mean, Brady's, you know, I appreciate Brady having my back, you know, we're roommates on the road and stuff. And obviously, you know, that first weekend Arlington, you know, it kind of like a, you know, whole little different thing. Like I got a real taste. So like, you know, you know, like the fan base and all that type of stuff, social media and all that stuff kind of works. Um, but, you know, I'm just really just trying to like not even really think about that stuff now. I'm just trying to, you know, we're at like a, you know, spot in the season right now where it's, you know, it's getting into the nitty gritty and we're just really trying to just focus on, you know, playing well and just trying to get as many wins as possible.
1: So uh, we we talked to you a couple times after the, the Georgia games this past weekend. And both times I remember you you were adamant. You said, we'll be back. We'll be back. You mm-hmm. know, you're very confident about it. Uh, yeah. you guys have some mounting injuries, and um, you know it's I guess it's kind of easy to get distracted or <clears throat> been out of shape for this, that or the other. But you know what? what what is it about your team that gives you the confidence to to say, you know, we'll be back. It, it, it's not not a big deal.
3: Well, I think what's unique about this team is that we have a lot of really, really, really good players, and you know some of those guys don't even start on a regular basis. um we were we are very deep on like the side of you know, like position player wise. We're very deep. You know, we have a lot of really good bats that, you know, maybe are kind of quiet right now because they haven't been getting as many reps or just, you know, whatever. Um, but the kind of the thing that, like, kind of leads me confident, comp- I can confidently say that we'll be back is because when we kind of get everyone back to being healthy and um, you know kind of going and like, clicking all the same, like, we're going to be really, really good in my opinion. Like, I really do think that. I mean, I, I still don't even think that we've had everybody clicking at the same time, like during the season, you know, we got 30 wins right now, you know, we have two really tough injuries with, you know, Tavian and, and Jared and, you know, that really sucks, but, you know, they're doing all they can to get back as quick as possible. And once they do, I mean, I think we're going to be, you know, really good because now we're going to have the guys that have the, like, that are very good, that don't play every day. They're going to be, you know, having better reps and they're going to be even bigger in situations when their name's called later in the season.
0: You and Tavian are roommates, right? Yeah, we are. How's that going with him? Um, because I, I am gonna be honest. Tavian's my guy, man. Like I, I do the Moneyball tweet with him. I
3: am a big Tavian guy. Yeah. It, I, personally, I am upset about his injury. How's he doing? You know, he's he's doing all right. Obviously, you know when it happened, he was in, you know pretty down about himself. But you know, he's a high energy guy. You know, where we I, mean, I see him every day. We hang out all the time. But, you know, he's he's in better spirits now. Um, You know, all he do, all he does is want to win. You know, he's a baller. He's a gamer. And, you know, we all kind of feed off of that. So we're kind of like missing that for like right now. But, you know, he's doing the best that he can to, you know, get back as quick as possible. You know, he's taking his treatment super seriously, um, just doing everything that he really can to get back as quick as possible. And, you know, he's still being a leader vocally, just, you know, just not playing right now.
1: Shifting topics entirely. Uh your your walk-up song. Uh a, a lot of us in, in the media, you know, we we like the Cali knot. Um was was that a pretty easy choice for you? I mean, I know there are a lot of songs about California, but not not many that actually say Cali, right?
3: Yeah. Well, the the funny thing about that is that when we did the, you know, like the Fall World series or when we played against the Rangers, we didn't really pick our walk-ups. And they had played that song for me just, you know, on their own. And um, I know I saw like a few things on social media saying people like people enjoyed it or people kind of liked it and I was just like well I mean might as well just keep it if people enjoy it or whatever you know it's it's cool it's you know kind of wraps into my name a little bit um, and then I got the other one that's kind of like picked for me or whatever so I, it's a little, little bit of both so it's cool. I
0: I actually the uh, like the the album cover for that I've I have a photoshop ready to go for your next home run it's your face on it it says going back to Cali so Good. Whenever you hit a home run, hopefully you'll be thinking about that. Probably not, but maybe. That's cool. Um, Do you – okay, let me ask you this. Do you have, like, any any nicknames or, like, anything that people say to you that maybe we could run with a little bit to, you know, kind of get your name out there some more?
3: I mean, nicknames-wise, not really. I mean, I just – no one really ever calls me with my first name. I mean, everyone's always – it's always my last name. Everyone always calls me Callie. Um, But, like, really, like, unique nicknames, there's not really much of them. I, I know it sucks, you know, no media nickname for me, but no, nah, it's really just the Cali one. Uh, and like growing up, like my dad and stuff, he's called me like CC, but that was it. But like on this squad, it's just, it's just Cali. All
0: right. Which is okay with I'm me, gonna, I like
3: it. It's cool. I'm going to stick with the Kendall Diggs
0: quote about you, about how you're the most pure hitter he's ever seen <laughs> in his life. Yeah, we and not talk about that sometimes. It's
1: pretty funny. It's I like it. Good. Yeah. How confident you guys feel with him at the top of the order instead of Tavian? I mean, you'd obviously like to have Tavian, but you know, Diggs is probably a pretty good replacement.
3: Yeah. I mean, I mean, you guys have seen, I mean, Diggs, is he's a, he's a stud. I mean, he's got the stick. I mean, he's, he's, he's young and he's already like, he's already way better hitter than I was at his age. Um, but like with him being up there, you know he sees a lot of pitches. He doesn't. He doesn't miss mistakes. Um, you know he he actually takes his walks more than people kind of I think see. Um, but like when he's swinging it well, I mean it's he's a really tough out. So I think you know he's he's definitely a pretty good replacement for the time. You know.
0: So this is your fourth team to be on in four years. Yeah. What's what's that like? That's got to be kind of tough, right? Um,
3: you know it's tough but at this point like i'm just so used to it you know like i've you know four different teams i've met a lot of people uh you know freshman year was cut a little bit short um but then like even like last year and this year like i feel like i was blessed to just have like a really good team surrounded by a bunch of good dudes and you know we've kind of clicked all really like really close like and even closely and quickly like even on this team like i feel like we all clicked like very very like suddenly and like just quick like it wasn't weird for like At all, like we kind of got in there, got the first week, got to knowing each other, got to work like that was basically it. So, it's you know, it's sometimes uh, you know, going into it, you might be a little bit nervous or whatever, but those nerves kind of go away pretty quickly when you know, even like vets on the team are being like good to us and all that type of stuff.
1: You had to pick one guy you would say the easiest on the team to root for. Who is it?
3: Easiest guy on team to root for. That's a tough one because I want all I want all of them to be good, but uh. I don't know. I mean, I I really do enjoy watching Tay lead off games. Um, just in that lead off spot. I mean, we're roommates. Obviously, we're we're pretty close. But like, I don't know. he's just he's just a gamer, man. Like he just the intensity that he brings to the game. Like it's just very very enjoyable to watch. Like you know those ten ten eleven pitch at bats. Like to start off games. Like it just puts us on such like a a high like a hot start already. When he like he even if he gets out like or walks or whatever. Like it's just we know that we're. You know, we're gonna have some tough ABs today if he's doing that right to start the game well.
0: All right, this is gonna be the last thing for me. We definitely have to get you back on again. Um I remember in the fall, we talked to you and we were asking you about uh how you felt at third base. And mm-hmm. you kind of talked about the the fields and JUCO ball and maybe that contributed to your fielding percentage. I'm I'm gonna give you the floor right now to just talk about the fields <clears throat> and JUCO
3: ball. Well, it's almost like luckily I was blessed to have you know, a decent one, a pretty good one for our home field. Uh We didn't play every game at home, but by any means, but, you know, I was, you know, we had our, our team took care of ours. Like we had to take care of ours. Um, You know, it's, it's nothing like here obviously, but it was, it was a pretty good uh uh field for Florida Juco ball, but you know, there's, you know, sometimes there are these fields that, you know, there's, there's craters everywhere, man. I mean, there's like these lips are, the lips on the grass are huge, you know, the, the dirt's not watered, you know, it's really hard. It's all this kind of stuff. And especially over a nine inning course game in Florida heat. I mean, if it's during the day, cause none of these fields have lights, so they're all during the daytime. So, you know, after the second inning, third inning, it's a, uh, it gets pretty dry out there. And you know, there's some bangers down in Florida Juco ball. I mean, these guys hit the ball hard sometimes. So, you know, it's just you know how the luck is. Not blaming it all on that. I mean, you know, but it's just that's JUCO for you, man. It makes you tougher.
1: All right, last thing for real this time. Uh, you you guys have lost four in a row, but you're back home. Those were all on the road. You get you guys view this as like the perfect opportunity to to reset mentally and and you know take it to the Aggies this week.
3: I mean, yeah, it's a good opportunity for us to just kind of get back on track. I think we all know that. Um, you know, it's a big weekend. Uh, you know, obviously come off for uh. Stretch of four straight losses. It's obviously not very good, um, but we're all looking forward to it. We like playing at home. We like playing behind our fans or uh, in front of our fans. Sorry, and you know we're really just trying to you know do our best. You know, find a win to win these ball games, man. I mean, uh, you know, guys are gonna pick it up here and there, and we're just we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna play our hearts out, and we're gonna you know try to win this series. All right, Caleb.
0: Um, man, I I don't know. I don't know what the stats are. But normally when guys come on the podcast, the the games after, they perform very well. So you should have a big weekend. So you're welcome. I appreciate that. <laughs> I'm just kidding, man. <laughs> but uh, hey, appreciate your time. Good luck this weekend. The rest of the season, we'll definitely try to get you back on here in the future.
3: All right, that sounds good, guys. I appreciate it.
0: Appreciate you. You're listening to the Diamond Hogs Podcast with Mason Choate and Robert Stewart. Thank you for listening to the Diamond Hogs Podcast. Thanks, Robert. Christian, you did a great job with your minute, uh, with your uh, promotions. Very proud of you today, buddy. You did a great job. And we'll talk to everybody on Monday.
3: You've been listening to the Diamond Hogs podcast. Follow the guys on Twitter at Mason and at DRStew32.